Our flower show started in 1829. Um, the Horticultural Society started in 1827, so in two years they had their very first flower show. And it was really about um, getting people excited about horticulture and plants. Um, the very first flower show was the first members of the Horticultural Society. You know, they were talking about plants all the time and getting excited themselves, and they felt, you know what, it was time to, to, to display our plants in these great collections that they had um, of plants from all over the world to the general public to get them excited and, and interested in horticulture, to, to further develop that interest and that, that love of plants and gardening and horticulture that started all the way back in 1829. At the first show, we actually introduced the poinsettia and the bird of paradise to the public for the first time. Nobody had ever seen those in the public eye. This is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. From North State Public Radio in Northern California, I'm your host, Jennifer Jewell. Today we're joined by Sam Lemhenny, Chief of Shows and Events for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, the society which presents annually the prestigious Philadelphia Flower Show. Among garden lovers and flower and garden show groupies, the Philadelphia Flower Show is the oldest and longest-running horticultural event in the United States. Sam has been with the Society and the show for 13 years. Welcome, Sam. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I always like to start with where a person started their journey into the world of plants and flowers and gardening. Yeah, I um, I grew up in this world. This is uh, something that I've been I've been growing up in the in the horticulture world um, forever. And uh, my grandfather owned a landscape nursery here in Pennsylvania, um, just outside of Philadelphia and Lancaster. And my uncle still runs it today, landscape nursery. And my father owned a flower shop for thirty five plus years. Um, he's retired now, sold the shop, but uh, still still does floral design about three or four days a week with some friends at the shops that he's made relationships over the years. So I, I grew up in this world, grew up um, playing in the nursery with my cousins and riding tractors and all kinds of learning about plants and flowers um, all through my youth. Um, it was sort of like our playground when we went to visit our grandparents. We would always go out to the nursery and just run around, and it was like a big playground for us, and we learned a lot during those times when we were little, but learned my event experience when I spent uh, 13 years at Walt Disney World down in Florida, um, did horticulture, but also learned about the event world and uh, focused a little bit more on um, producing events um, using horticulture, using plants um, at the Walt Disney World. So um, I've, I've had quite a career and quite a fun time with this and um, I can't imagine doing anything else. I think I was born to do this. So, um, and I'm now I'm at the the most prestigious, as you said, the most prestigious flower show in the country. So, um, I'm I'm very excited about about this role and uh, very honored to be to be in this role. And uh, for the 13 years that I've been here at, at PHS, talk a little bit about what it must have felt like to come home and how proud and happy your your family must have been to have you take on this role at this society. Um, I had a great, great aunt who lived in Gladwin, Pennsylvania, just outside of the city. And um, it was like Mecca 
for for high end gardeners and um, flower growers and flower showers, and your family must have been really proud. Absolutely, yeah. Um, my grandfather actually had exhibited a couple of times um, in the early days of his business. Um, I wasn't a part of those exhibits back then, but he exhibited at the flower show back in the day. Um, I did actually get to help my father in two exhibits that he worked on um, when he was um, and had his business. Um, I worked on that when I was younger, probably in high school time frame. And uh, so I, I was very familiar with the flower show, and my family was very familiar with the flower show. So when I got the call to um, interview for this position, um, just to be called and, and asked to interview was, was a huge honor. And then when, when they offered me the position, you know, I was in Florida, so um, I don't know if, if it was any place else in the country or any other flower show in the country. I'm not sure I'd have left Disney or left the Florida, the great Florida weather. Um, but when it was the Philadelphia Flower Show and the, and the, um, the, the, that show to me is, is really, like you said, is Mecca um, when it comes to the horticultural world. And when they offered me the position, it was something that I just really couldn't turn down or refuse. It gave me the opportunity to come back home. Um, I was married and had two kids in Florida. My wife's from Boston, so it was uh, it was an it was it was a hard decision, um, but an easy decision in the same in the same way. But uh, we, I think it was the best decision we've ever made. And being back in the Philadelphia area, and uh, you're so close to everything here, and certainly being in the horticultural capital of this country, I like to say, is uh, you know you're surrounded by so many different gardens um, from New York down to to D.C., and actually all the way up to Boston. Um, horticulture is such a huge part of this region that uh, we're, we're very lucky to have that, and it's one of the reasons why the Flower Show is so successful, because horticulture and gardening is such a part of people's lives in this part of the country. I would definitely agree with that, and that ties in nicely to my next question, which is illustrated nicely by your grandfather showing specimens and your father working on exhibits and possibly having done floral arrangements. A flower and garden show for those people who have not attended one has a pretty wide scope of what it does and what it offers to people who are visiting and or people who are participating. Can you, um, as generally as you can, just describe especially the the historical scope of what a flower show, flower and garden show, the purpose it served in our grandfather's and grandmother's day and age. Sure. Um, well, our flower show dates back even further than that. Our flower show started in 1829. Right. Um, the Horticultural Society started in 1827, so in two years they had their very first flower show. It was really about... Um, getting people excited about horticulture and plants. Um, the very first flower show was the first members of the Horticultural Society. You know, they were talking about plants all the time and getting excited themselves, and they felt, you know what, it was it's time to, to, to display our plants in these great collections that they had um, of plants from all over the world to the general public to get them excited and, and interested in horticulture, to, to further develop that interest and that that love of plants and gardening and horticulture that started all the way back in 1829. And our show today continues that tradition. Um, it has absolutely expanded um, tremendously <laughs> compared to what that very first show was. Um, 
but it's all at the first show we actually introduced the poinsettia and the bird of paradise to the public for the first time nobody had ever seen those in the public eye before unless you traveled um to the tropics or traveled down to mexico to see the poinsettias um so those were were, were really special moments at that first show and our show has continued to 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 showcase new plants and new varieties um, to the general public um, for the first time over throughout our entire years. There's also, I just wanted to point out, that healthy dose of competition amongst the oh, horticulturalists yeah. of my dahlia <laughs> is way bigger than your dahlia and <laughs> or more perfectly formed and or I have the, the newest introduction. And that is a, a, maybe an equal driver to this desire to share education and enjoyment. Yeah, well, our, you, you you bring up a really good point because <laughs> our our show is is all one big competition, so everybody is competing against each other. Um, it's not a cutthroat competition, though. There's a lot of support, a lot of love on there. I like to say that our show is almost like summer camp, where you don't see your your summer camp friends for an entire year, but when you come back, it's almost like old home week and, and summer camp week, where you pick up right where you left off and. Uh, these are, are people who have a passion for horticulture. Um, they are definitely diehard competitors when it comes to winning the blue ribbon or winning the, the rosettes and winning the, the medals that they get for these plants that they're um, growing and, and, and their prized possessions. And so competition is definitely a part of it. And, and all of the competitions on the show floor are um, – it's fun and interesting, I think, to me to see – some of the judges' comments, because we, we post the judges' comments. Judges have to write comments on why they felt they gave us a particular score or a particular award. So it's always fun for me to walk around, and whether I agree or disagree, because it's, it's subjective at times, um, especially when the creative competitions happen. Not only is it just the plant competitions and the design competitions, but this is an entertainment experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we use plants and flowers to entertain the general public, to get them excited and interested about horticulture and gardening, right? It's not just educating and you're coming and you're sitting in a lecture room or you're just walking around and seeing these great plants in a museum setting. This is a, um, a much more fun and, and exciting show floor than we've ever had. I think some of the, the, the things I learned at Disney and, and entertaining individuals that come to a, to a location um, have transferred into this. But plants and flowers are still and will always be the stars of our show. Um, it's not Mickey and Minnie anymore, but plants and flowers for me. Um, and uh, it's a lot of fun to bring that to life and to create that wow factor and that that that, that sense of awe of spring is right around the corner. Yeah. This is the kickoff to spring, and you've just come out of winter, and we, we give you that dose of spring that you've been dying for 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 a couple of months now, and uh, that wow factor and that entertainment factor plays a huge role in our show. Um, and it also helps from an education standpoint, too, if we're entertaining people that are learning a lot more um, in, that, in that situation than if they were just sitting in a classroom situation. We're speaking with Sam Lemhenny, Chief of Shows and Events for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society and their annual Philadelphia Flower Show. The show opens tomorrow, March 4th, and runs through March 13th. March 4th is our members preview day, yes. And then March 5th is our first day that opens up to the public. And runs through the 13th. And um, to get back to one of the images you just brought up is as a gardener in general, 
flower and garden shows around the country uh, take place not too close to, but also not too far away from your anticipated last frost date and when uh, (laughs) spring is about to arrive. And it is truly transporting and magical to walk into a flower and garden show, any one of the big ones. And they are like dying and going to heaven. You are in the middle of winter most frequently, and you walk into this enormous space. They're generally in large convention centers. And it smells good. And you see all these flowers and you have the floral arrangements over here and you have the specimens here and you have the display gardens over here. And it's magical. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) And if you've never been, you should definitely go. If you've never been, right, find one near you and go now. You're listening to Cultivating Place on North State Public Radio. We're speaking today with Sam Lemhenny from the Philadelphia Flower Show. Stay with us as we continue the conversation after the break. If you're just joining us, I'm Jennifer Jewell, and this is Cultivating Place, conversations on natural history and the human impulse to garden. We're speaking today with Sam Lemhenny of the Philadelphia Flower Show, which opens March 4th. Welcome back. One of the sort of bigger questions that I I want to ask you is, you've been there for 13 years, and the flower show has been going on for many years. Um, What do you see as the changes in the the purpose or the mission um, as it serves both the horticultural world and the outside world? And I see that, I think, particularly in your theme this year. So I'd like to have you talk a little bit about that evolution over time and where you see us being now. Right. I think um, our role has has expanded. I'm not sure the original intent or role of, a, of, our, of our flower show has really gone away when we're talking about getting people to get excited about plants and gardening and horticulture. I think that still rings true today and is probably as important as it was back then. Um, there are so many things that are vying for our attention and details that don't put us outside that we love the fact that our show, even though it is inside, um, will promote the fact of people, you know, gardening and getting outside, not only from a um, an area where you can love to garden and, and that sort of that positive feeling that you get when you're outside and, in, and you're breathing in all this great oxygen and you're smelling all the great flowers um, and scents from the garden that uh, it really has a huge impact on you um, physically um, because you're actually doing physical work um, and also mentally as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has a big, big part in it um, with flower shows. I also think that we've expanded into more of the entertainment world. Um, We, again, as I said, there's so much competition for entertainment and people's time that we have to provide that experience that, well, and I like to say, get you off the couch. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I'm not doing something fun and exciting for the general public, um, people who aren't avid gardeners or aren't expert gardeners, then then we're not we're not growing gardeners in the world. So we need to continue to bring people in with different ways and different methods and different displays and different entertainment techniques 
to make sure that they're having fun, but also, hey, you know what? I'm not, I've never gardened before, but I'm going to go to the flower show and see what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, and maybe they leave now inspired to be a gardener. And that's, again, goes back to our original mission. We've got to get people in, into the show who aren't gardeners so that we can continue to grow the gardening world. And then we also continue to give the, the gardeners who are, are novice gardeners or who, who are interested in gardening all those great new techniques, trends, and, um, and things that can make their gardens come to life and inspire them from a creative standpoint, too. I'm, I'm all about inspiring the gardeners to have fun in their gardens. This isn't, this isn't rocket science, right? And, and plants continue to grow. You make a mistake. You can pull it up and plant it in a different location. Um, that's so, what's so much fun about gardening is that you can change and do different things, and, and it fits your personality, too. I, I think that you're exactly right about that. And one of the aspects that I'm also most interested in is suggested in a statement that I read on the website for the the society and the show, which is that the society and the show both understand that plants and gardens are related to the health of people, the environment, and economic vitality. I think on the the website it said specifically of Philadelphia, but this is certainly true for our entire world. And that was really a nice connection in my mind with the theme that was chosen for the show this year to be a partnership with the uh, National Park System and their 100th anniversary. So that partnership, you're you're exactly right. has been a wonderful partnership and and a match. I like to say it's a match made in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, our goals and our and what we do as two different organizations, you know, Pennsylvania Horticultural Society. We are a regional show. It's not just Philadelphia, um, but it and and the National Park Service, who is celebrating their hundredth anniversary. Um, we have have a lot of the same missions and a lot of the same goals. To protecting our environment and and beautifying our environment, and uh, that's been been a great discovery um, or a great message that we can 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 continue to put out there with this theme. Um, which started about two years ago when we had a conversation with um, our folks from Independence National Park here locally, and uh, started talking about could we do an exhibit for the the National Park Service, since they're celebrating their 100th anniversary in 2016, continue to brainstorm, continue to have conversations, and that developed into creating an entire theme around the National Park Service, which we felt would be very successful and very popular um, with our visitors that come every year and potentially with new people that have never been to the show before. So we, we sat down and started thinking about ways that we could really talk about the breadth and the diversity of the National Park Service, which... You know, everybody knows the natural beauty parks, the Yellowstones, Yosemites, um, but not a lot of people know the the monumental beauty, the the historical beauty with all the um, battlefields and historical homes, and as well as the cultural beauty of the National Park Service, which is a lot of the different museums and and a lot of the different heritage um, uh, museums and sites that they that they maintain as well. So we wanted to make sure that we we did that. We asked every one of our designers on the show floor of our major exhibits. There's about about 35 of them, and they've each picked a different national park oh, from all over the great. country 
to be their inspiration for their exhibit. Now, it's not a recreation of a, of a park setting there or, or a piece of that park, but it's the inspiration for their exhibit and for their design and the creativity that they're going to bring to the show floor. So you'll see hints and, 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 and little pieces and parts of those parks, and you'll know exactly which park you're looking at. But um, these designers are some of the most creative people on the, on, on the planet, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be highlighting these and using them as an inspiration to create the, the wonderful designs that they're creating. So very excited about, about the diversity on that floor because we have parks that have been selected from Hawaii all the way to the Cape Cod National Seashore and everything in between. So you can imagine the diversity of plant life and, and design work that will happen um, that covers all of the entire country and all those different parks. So can you give us a little sneak peek? Can you tell us about maybe just a suggestion of what one designer might be working with? Yeah, um, when I talk about the um, Hawaii, that's the Volcano National National Park, um, they are actually going to be creating a, um, a flow of lava using orchids. <laughs> you can imagine what that's going to look like when, when you come to life. Um, and using the plant material that you would find in Hawaii, to create this amazing volcano um, spewing lava, and the, all the lava is is orchid flowers, which is going to be really amazing. And then you think of um, the Cape Cod National Seashore up in up in the Northeast, um, beaches and sea grasses and sea oats and things that you would find on the beach in the in the landscape there that are creating this amazing really contemporary home that, that this person was inspired because they love love the Cape uh, so much on vacation. They want their home to have a taste of that um, in their own garden. So you'll see how that is incorporated into a, into a contemporary home um, using the plant material that you would find along the beaches of, of Cape Cod. So telling people that, hey, there's some, some great, amazing places out there in this country that you should go and visit and, and, and rediscover um, and find your own park in your own area or neighborhood to, to help um, uh, to support. We're speaking with Sam Lemhenny, Chief of Shows and Events for the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society and their annual Philadelphia Flower Show opening on March 4th. I'd like to bring this conversation full circle from the bright flowers and expansive and entertaining displays to the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society and the flower show's belief that horticulture is a powerful catalyst for urban, even world, transformation. How does the society put the funds earned from the flower show back to work on the ground affecting this kind of transformation? Right. That's a great question, and thank you. The... Um, you had talked about the mission of, of PHS and transforming communities with, with horticulture. Um, and, and communities we like to think in the broadest sense of, of, the, of the word. And uh, the flower show is part of the Pennsylvania Horticultural Society, but it's not the only thing we do. It is our biggest fundraiser, um, and, we, and we like to call the flower show a fundraiser because it raises funds that then go to support a lot of the other programs that we have. Now, we have a lot of support and help from a lot of different partners, but the Flower Show is our biggest fundraiser that we have. And so those funds then throughout the rest of the year are used to, um, we have a network of well over 100 community gardens that we help maintain and help develop in the city, where individuals within a certain community can come and garden and, and plant vegetables and grow food for their, for their kitchens. 
Um, and and we also have a, a program called City Harvest where we work with those community gardens where they can actually grow food for food cupboards that then the cupboards come around and collect the food during the season. And we're feeding over a 1,000 people a day um, with the food that we're collecting in our community gardens. Um, we also help to beautify Philadelphia and the different regions. We work with Parks and Rec to develop um, beautiful gardens within the city um, so that there are these great iconic pieces of horticulture and gardening that make our city um, uh, come to life in, in, in all, all seasons. So we also have a membership where we do membership education programs so you can learn how to, to, to propagate seeds, you can learn how to become a botanical artist, um, yeah, the flower show is a great entertainment experience, and um, uh, but it does raise the funds that then carry our mission forward, and we'll continue to do that for years to come um, uh, to help make Philadelphia and and actually hopefully make make this country and make this world a better place. And horticulture is certainly proven to do that. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know you must be very busy with a little less than two weeks to go. And um, for people that are interested, they can find pictures and um, a lot more information about the flower show, especially after it's open. So you can see pictures of the display gardens and specimens and arrangements um, online if you're not able to attend in person. Thank you, Sam Lemheny, for joining us today. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening in. Join me again next week as the conversation continues with Daniel Atkinson, teacher, student, writer, scholar of the African-American diaspora and jazz and rhythm and blues music, as well as a gardener, talking to us about the long line of gardeners in his family from whom he inherited a handful of colorful beans and a lifelong connection to the land. Oh, yes, and I'll add a third caveat, surfing. (laughs) Music, surfing, and gardening are all processes, right? They're all processes that deal with the impermanence of life in all its forms. There's beauty in impermanence, there's pain in impermanence, and, you know, it just is what it is. And it sort of, gardening, music, and surfing all help me to realize and to sort of uh, hone the fact that I can't choose my situation, but I can choose how I react. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio and JewelGarden.com. The program is produced by Matt Schiltz. Podcasts and photographs can be found weekly at MyNSPR.org. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.